0: well hey church good to be together today worshiping the lord my name is pastor ryan if you're a guest today i'm the lead pastor at generation church and you happen to come on a sunday where i'm away with my family we're just seeking god together resting recharging and playing filling our batteries back up so that we can come back and jump into this Next exciting season Uh, but I am excited for you today because you're gonna hear an awesome word from my good friend Pastor Nate Clark coming back from Virginia this is his third time preaching at our church this year and it's not the end either that's what I think about him and his preaching he's one of the only people I've had come back to preach this many times especially in such a short period of time because I love the way he brings the Word of God And I know it's going to be a blessing to you today. I know you're in good hands and that God has a word for you that will encourage you and strengthen you. So do this with me. Just open your hearts to the Lord right now. Just say to God, speak to me. I'm open. I'm ready. And help me welcome Pastor Nate to the stage. Come on.
1: Good morning GC you're glad to be in church today happy Sunday to you uh, bless you so good to be back with you again it's incredible man what a powerful time of worship just thinking just during worship man what a special presence of God in this place and in this church and I'm, I'm grateful to be back here again with family, and uh, a real quick welcome to all those that are joining us online. Thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to South Mountain. Hello, South Mountain. Thanks for being here. We're so glad you're here, and also Fountain Hills. I'm excited to get in God's Word today, and um, I'm also excited for your pastors taking this season of rest uh, man, i just encourage you continue to pray for them continue to lift them up uh, go go to battle in prayer for them in this season that god would fill them up that god would give them some fresh vision and fresh energy because uh, i believe this next season of this church is more than you can comprehend or believe for um, you're, you're already experiencing revival you're already in the middle of a move of god but i believe there's so much more and so i'm excited for them to come back to see what all God's going to do here in this place. So continue to be praying for them. Continue to uh, be uh, going to war for them in the spiritual and just asking God to bless them and refresh them in this season. And how many know after he comes back? I mean, he's he's fired up every week, but how many know when he comes back after break? Just buckle up, you know what I'm saying? Just, (laughs) Just buckle up. And so if you got your Bible today, I want you to go to Matthew chapter number four. Matthew chapter number four. I want to read verses 1 through 11. The Bible says this, Jesus was led by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How how many know uh, the Spirit can lead you into the wilderness? If you're in the middle of the wilderness, uh, it might be because of your own decisions and consequences, but it might also be because God is leading you there. You might find yourself in a tough season and, and, and thinking, where is God, what am I doing? And it might be God led you there. And then verse number two is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It's so funny to me. Ready? After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. (laughs) You don't say. My son fasts for 40 minutes and he's hungry. He fasted 40 days, 40 nights, he's hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered "It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he'll command his angels concerning you. They'll lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give you, he said, if... You bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Today I want to talk around this idea, the test of a disciple. The test of a disciple. Would you pray with me, Lord? Thank you for your word today. Thank you for this atmosphere of faith in this church that's hungry for your word. And Lord, I pray today that you would do what I cannot do. And that is change our hearts and change our lives. Lord, when we leave this place today, when we leave the campus we're at, Lord, I pray that we would not have just attended a service and sang a song and heard a talk, but Lord, we have encountered you today. So Spirit of God, speak to us in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, somebody say amen. Amen. Matthew chapter number four is a chapter in Scripture that I would describe as one that turns a very sharp corner. If you go back right before the passage we read today, Matthew chapter 3, you could describe that chapter in the life of Jesus as a Good chapter, just very generically speaking. In Matthew chapter 3 Jesus is beginning his public ministry, there are crowds Jesus is baptized uh, when he's baptized the voice of the Father comes and speaks over him, he says you are my son, I'm pleased with you like he's showing his approval and affection to his son before Jesus does a thing and so the third chapter of Matthew is like a good one, there's, there's, there's people, there's love there's affirmation there's voice there's the voice of God and and then Matthew chapter 4 turns such a sharp corner and it's everything chapter 3 was not like in Matthew chapter 3 there's crowds in chapter 4 there's isolation in chapter 3 there's the voice of his loving father in chapter 4 there's the voice of satan In chapter three, there's the waters of baptism. In chapter four, there's the desert of isolation and the fire of temptation. And how many know this would pretty accurately describe a lot of our spiritual lives? Chapter three and chapter four. Right after one another. Some of y'all leave church and you're like, oh, the Lord, I feel fresh with the spirit of God today. God gave me fresh revelation today. I worship God today. And then you don't get home and you're in chapter four. You're like, that was quick. <laughs> or maybe it lasts a little bit longer. Maybe you just feel all close to God until you go to work on Monday morning. But th- this is so true. This was the life of Jesus. How I many you know this is our spiritual lives. It's full of mountains and valleys. It's full of seasons where the voice of God is loud and the voice of God seems quiet. It's full of times where you feel like you feel like you're close to the Lord and then you feel like you're you're with the enemy in the wilderness. So it's a reality for the Son of God. And in this chapter is where he faces temptation. Now, before we get into the temptations, I'd like to lay a foundation for what I mean when I say temptation. Because we might all think of like a, a push or an urge to do some big bag thing. But in the scripture, the word temptation, all it means is a test. It, to face a temptation is just to be tested. It's to face a test. And so here Jesus faces a test. He faces multiple tests. And and God is not the author of temptation. James tells us this in James chapter one. He says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So God is not a father in heaven, like dangling the carrot, desiring his children to trip. So God He's not the author of temptation, but he will allow the enemy to put tests before us in order to strengthen our faith. So Jesus faces tests. Charles Spurgeon said it like this, God had one son without sin, but he never had a son without temptation. And how many know if Jesus had to face a test, me and you will be tested? If, if Jesus had to face test, me and you will have to face test. If Jesus had to square off with the enemy, we have to square off with the enemy. If Jesus had chapter three and chapter four, we will experience chapter three and chapter four. And so today I want to look at the test Jesus faced. Because here's what I know about the enemy is he's not creative. He's not innovative, he is not a creator. God is creator and what the enemy does is he takes the creator's work and he just slightly twists it and manipulates it to get us off track and so what the enemy was doing thousands of years ago I believe is what he's doing now. His playbook hasn't changed and so my desire today is to kind of peek into the playbook of the enemy so, so that we know the kind of tests we're gonna to have to face. It's like when, when I was a kid, I remember playing my brother in video games. I'd play him in, like, Madden football, and, and when he was picking his plays, I'd always peek at his controller. <laughs> Come on, anybody do this as kids? kid? You, like, try to cheat a little bit, and, you know, it's like, I want to see what plays he's doing. I want to see where he's going with this. I want to see. So today, my goal is to kind of peek at the controller of the enemy. Is to kind of peek into the playbook of the enemy and say, hey, this is the test the enemy put before Jesus, and I believe it's the same ones that he's putting before me and you today, and I want me and you to pass the test. The first one is this, in verse number three, it says, the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. All right, so here's what this temptation was. Jesus had been fasting, so he was hungry, So the temptation was, fix your hunger. Fix your hunger. Tell these stones to become bread. Perform a miracle here so you can feed yourself. He said, hey, turn the Sahara into Panera. (laughs) 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 Right? Feed yourself. And I don't know about you, but until I read this chapter, that thought has never entered into my mind. Like, I'd be willing to bet today, on your way in here, this beautiful campus and the landscaping and all that kind of stuff, you passed a ton of rocks on your way to church today. And no one on the way in here looked at the kids in the backseat and said, hey, you guys want a bagel? (laughs) Like, nobody was tempted today to turn a rock into bread and it's not really complicated or deep as to why this is true Uh, no one thought about that because nobody can do that (laughs) like this has never crossed my mind and never been tempting to me because I can't do it it's something I'm not capable of you could describe this temptation as supernatural supernatural It's a miracle. It was a supernatural test put before him. But look, look. It was given to the only man who was supernatural. The test was put in front of the only guy who had the power to actually do it. So so here's the first temptation. Ready? You'll be tempted based on your strengths. Say, hold on, hold on, Pastor. I thought I was tempted on my weakness. I thought the enemy wants to get me where I'm weak. The enemy wants to get me where I'm not strong. Well, I don't think that's wrong, but I also know the enemy will tempt you based on your strengths. The enemy doesn't hate the gift of God on your life. The enemy doesn't desire to lessen the gift of God on your life. The enemy would like to take those things and use it for him, not for the kingdom. The enemy doesn't hate your gift. Like, there's, there's some things on your life, there's gifts in your life that are your strengths. Like, they come easy to you and hard to other people. Like, there's just some things you can do that I can't. That there's just some things that if I worked at and worked at and worked at, I couldn't touch you at. Like, you're, you've just got gifts. You've got spiritual gifts. You've got, you've got natural gifts that God has put in you. And the enemy doesn't want to destroy those. The enemy just doesn't want them being used for the kingdom. So, so the enemy would like to take those gifts, and instead of using them for blessing, use them for destruction. So for some of you, you've got the gift of leadership in your life. When you say things, people listen to you. When you walk places, people follow you. When you do things, people copy you. The, the enemy doesn't want to destroy the gift of leadership in your life. The enemy would love for you to use that gift to enable people to live lives of destruction instead of to say to them, follow me as I follow Christ. Some of you got a gift of communication. Like you just have a way with words. You can articulate things in such a way to get people's attention and move people. And and the enemy doesn't hate the gift of communication on your life. The enemy would rather use the gift of communication for you to manipulate others into getting what you want rather than preaching the good news of the gospel. See, see we're, we're tempted based on our strengths. And so the test we're all going to face is to evaluate what gifts has God put in my life. And then to say, is this being used for kingdom purposes or for the things of the world? Is this being used for the kingdom or is this just being used for me? See, that's what the test was. Jesus, use your supernatural ability to just feed yourself. Meet your own need, man. Take care of you. Meet your own need right here. If the enemy can get you to use all your gifts on you, he loves it. You're, you're going to be tested based on your strengths. Strengths. What things has God put in your life and where are they being used right now? Man, what an amazing church community right now where you can pour your gifts into. What an amazing season where you can come into this church and and use your gifts to accelerate the kingdom of God. You'll be tempted based on your strengths. So he leads them out of the desert... Then he goes into the holy city, the scripture says. The second temptation is this, verse number five. It says he took him to the holy city and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. Scholars believe that this was about 200 feet above the floor of the Kidron Valley. Okay, so this is not, not a few feet in the air. This is about 200 feet. And the temptation is this. And he quotes scripture, but the temptation, it's twisted scripture. How many know, like, the enemy was using the word to try to tempt the word. John chapter one, Jesus is the word. (laughs) He was using the twisted word to try to tempt the real word who then fought it with the right use of the word. (laughs) So so he's he's quoting the scripture and he's, he's saying, hey Jesus, on the edge of the temple, throw yourself off. Throw yourself off. And when you do, There'll be a miracle. God will save you. What's actually interesting is you, as you study this, almost every scholar agrees that if Jesus would have given into this temptation, if Jesus would have thrown himself off the temple, God would have rescued him. Like in the holy city that day, at the temple, there would have been a miracle. So the temptation is, Lay yourself off. God will rescue And if Jesus would have done that, here's what would have happened. Okay, so this is not in isolation anymore. This is in the city. So here's what would have happened. People would have seen it. People would have not just seen it. They would have marveled at it. It would have got Jesus a crowd. It would have gotten him attention, no doubt it would have even gotten him worship. Now we don't know if they would have worshiped him as like the son of God, but they would have definitely been like, this is is super, this is special. This was a miracle, this was miraculous. So Jesus would have gotten that day worship, a crowd, attention, a following. and, And you might ask, well, what's wrong with that? Jesus was gonna get all of that anyway. Like if you continue reading, Jesus gets crowds. Jesus gets attention jesus gets worship jesus gets a following and so what's wrong with this temptation what's wrong with him getting that there here's what's wrong with it it was not god's plan and god's timing for them so so here's the temptation ready you will be tempted to go off mission jesus was on a specific mission, plan, and timeline from God. And the temptation is not just what you do, but it's when you do it. It's, 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 It's the how. It's the timeline. See, Jesus came to do the will of the Father. He said, I listen to my Father. I do what my Father says. So so the temptation was not after something bad. He was going to get it anyway. But the temptation was to get off of the exact plan, mission, and design, and timeline God had for him. The enemy will tempt me, and he'll tempt you to get off mission. Look, if the enemy can't slow you down, he'll try to speed you up. If if he can't slow you down, he'll speed you up because as long as you're off of the timeline and plan God has for you, he's good. And he'll place good things in front of you and good things around you to derail you from the mission and plan that God has. Like This is why the series that Pastor Ryan has just finished about prayer is so important. You've got to get alone with God in prayer. You've got to hear from God. God, what are you asking me to do? God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do it? God, what's your plan for me? Like, God's plan for me is not God's plan for you. The plan God has for the person on your left and right is not the plan he has for you. Like, especially in a world on our phones where we're exposed to everyone else's life and everyone else's plan, it's okay to look at others and celebrate their plan, but don't envy it. It's not God's plan for you. So, so God, what is your plan for me? Because the enemy would love to just slightly derail you from God's plan. Look, he's so sly in his temptation. His temptation is not, here's God's plan for you and let's go way over here. No, he just wants to... Because he knows if he can get you off the plane of God, then he's got you where he wants you. We have this restaurant... Back at home, I don't know if you guys have it here, it's a Brazilian steakhouse called Texas Day Brazil. At this Brazilian steakhouse, I'd been hearing about it for years from my friends. They're like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And so they would tell me about it. They said, hey, look, you sit down, you get to your table, and there's a card on your table. One side is green, the other side is red. When the side is green, the chefs come out of the kitchen with spears full of meat. And when it's green, they just come over and cut off as much meat as you want onto your plate. And then when you just need a timeout and you need to eat and you need a break, you turn it to red and they don't come. And then when you're ready to eat some more, you turn it back to green and they come on. You just take a second and praise God right now for this. <laughs> right? So I'm hearing about this for years from some of my friends. You got to go, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. So it was my brother's birthday a few years back, and so he wanted to go. So we go, and I'm so excited. I, I had, like, fasted all day, right? It's like, oh, I'm about to crush this. So I'm so excited to get there and all the all stuff. And so we get there, and the host is like, yeah, I'll seat you to your table. And so he sits us at the table, and he says, hey, before all the meats come out, help yourself to the salad bar. I said, okay, yeah. Sometimes I like to eat a salad to justify what I'm about to do with the other stuff, right? Just <laughs> make myself feel a little better. I can appreciate a good So I go over to the salad bar. And when I say salad bar, I mean salad bar. Like this, this was a salad bar. This was like a whole semicircle salad bar. You could walk all the way around, probably covered this whole stage. And 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 they, I mean, all the stuff. They had the romaine, they had the spinach, they had the spring mix. They had the spring mix with the arugula. They had all every kind of lettuce, every kind of green. They had the good croutons. <laughs> So I remember getting my plate and just going around this salad bar and I'm like, it's like piling up. I'm piling it up and I'm so excited. This is is like the best salad bar I've ever been to. I'm piling up and I'm almost all the way around it. My plate, my salad is huge. And then I just stopped for a second. Time out, time out. And I don't know if it was the Lord that was helping me out here. (laughs) But I just began to think, because this place is expensive. It's like 80 bucks to get in there, right? So I, I just thought, I did not just pay $80 for spinach. I paid $80 for sirloin. And then it just hit me, I was like, this is their business model. They stuff you with the cheap stuff so you don't eat the expensive stuff. I know what you're doing, right? So, so I just take my salad and just put it right back, which broke all the buffet rules, you know, whatever. But, And i go back and i'm like i'm i'm not about to fill up on that when that's coming right so so look here's here's the temptation of the enemy to to fill and stuff your life with stuff that's good like that salad is not bad it's fine it's good but how many know if there's something else that's better i don't want that so so here's here's where the enemy is so sly. Here's where he will tempt you and test you. Is he'll put good things around you. Stuff if you fill your life with it nobody would look at it and say that's crazy, that's terrible, that's it's good. But as a follower of Christ our filter in our decision making can't just be is this good? It's got to be is this God? Amen. Is is this a good thing or is this a God thing. Is this a good thing or is this what God is desiring for me? The enemy would love for you to settle for good things as long as you're missing out on God things. He'd love to stuff your life full of Good things, and so this is why prayer is important. This is why devotion to Jesus and getting alone time with him is so important. We have to continually ask ourselves, God, what do you want for me? God, what is your plan for me? God, what is the timing of what it is you're calling me to? God, I want to be on mission for what you have for me because I'm going to be tempted with good things. Third temptation is this. Take some out of the city now. Back to the mountain. Back to the top of the mountain in verse number 80. He says he showed them all the kingdoms of the world. Just the irony in this is amazing. He shows the creator his creation. (laughs) Check this out. Look at all the kingdoms. He's like, yeah, I know. I did that. (laughs) Spoke that to be. I rule over all of that. (laughs) Like He's he's tempting him with all of the kingdoms. And again, what's so funny about this is, Jesus created it, it's his, and it's gonna be his again one day. Currently there's a spiritual battle going on, the prince of this world, the enemy, is wreaking havoc because of sin, but how many know one day, we sang it this morning, one day Jesus will return, one day he'll wipe away every tear, one day he will come back and make all things new. It's all gonna be his. And so look, he was he was tested and tempted to get something that he's already gonna get. He was tested and tempted to get something that was good, but the way he was tested to get it was not good. Here's the third temptation. You'll be tempted to get the right thing the wrong way. A test we're all gonna have to face is we're gonna be tested to go after the right thing. But the wrong way. See, see, to God, it's not just about what you do; it's about how you do it. It's it's not just about where you're going; it's about how you get there. There's one theologian. He said it like this: The temptation is the greatest when the end is good. So, so we have to again ask ourselves: Am I good? I- Am I going after the things of God? Yes. And then am I going after them in the ways of God? I have to go after God's things in God's ways. Look, for some of you, you might be thinking, man, I want to leave an inheritance for my kids. I want to leave a legacy for my kids. And so you shortcut giving to God and generous giving in order to leave a legacy for your kids. That's not going after God's things, God's ways. So you say, man, my, my schedule's so full, time is crunched right now. I really need to spend more family time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push church and church community down the priority list in order to get family time. You're going after a good thing in a wrong way. Look, you you don't have to shortcut the ways of God to get the things of God. You can go after God's things, God's ways. The enemy would love to put a good thing in front of you and tell you to shortcut God's ways and God's process to get there. You'll be tempted to get right things wrong ways. You see how sly the enemy is? You see how slight he is. He's, he's not trying to get you, although sometimes he does to go after all these terrible things. He's just trying to slightly derail you because he knows if he can, if you slightly go off track for a long time, you'll be way off. And in the same ways he tempted jesus i'm convinced he's tempting and testing us now like you're gonna be tested based on your strengths you're gonna be tested to go off mission you are going to be tested to get the right thing the wrong way and here's what i know about every single one of us if you've been following jesus for 50 years or you've been following jesus for 50 days you're gonna to have to face these tests fact you're probably facing them now in fact in this season you're probably having to wrestle with some of these now maybe you didn't even know it and as i'm saying it you're like yes that's where i'm at right now yes that's that's a tension i feel and a test i'm trying to pass right now as i follow christ here's here's one thing i know about everyone in the room is we're all going to be tested like like the field is level. We're all level ground. We're all going to be tested. We're all being tested. And this is not just true of you. This is not just true of, of people in this area or people in Virginia or people in our nation. Every person in all of humanity for all of time has been tested. The first people that God created in the garden, Adam and Eve, we're tested. And from then, every single person in all of humanity, in all of human history, has been tested. We all have that in common. Not only do we all have that in common, that we've all been tested, we all have in common that we've been tested and we failed. Not just once. <laughs> we've been tested and we've failed. We've gotten knocked down. We've struggled. We've fallen. We've gotten just blows landed on us from the enemy. Like, and, and not just us. Every person in all of humanity, for all of human history, has been tested And failed. Look at the garden. They were tested. And they failed. All of us. Every single one of us. Every person that's ever stepped foot on this earth and breathed the breath. We've all been tested and we've all failed except for one man. Except for one man. The God man. Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. The bread of life, the word from heaven, the God incarnate, God putting on flesh. God, Jesus came, and just like everyone else, he was tested, but unlike every other person in human history, he did not fail. So, so look, here's the amazing news about the goodness of the gospel. like The things that destroyed you, Jesus destroyed. The things that have crippled you, Jesus crushed them. The things that have knocked you down, Jesus conquered. The the test you failed, Jesus, the son of the living God, passed. And he didn't just pass then, but he is now with us and in us to help us test as we follow him. Look, here's what Hebrews... Here's what Hebrews chapter 4 says in verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weakness. Oh, look, there's so much here. I want this to get into your heart today. We have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. Like, feel, feel, the, connect, feel the connection God has with you because he was tempted just like you. He faced the test you faced, and yet he did not sin. Look, so for some of you today, you might even feel disconnected from me because you you say, Pastor, you have no idea the test I'm facing right now. Pastor, you got no idea when I leave this place what I go home to. The test I'm facing, you have no idea about. And the truth is this morning, you're probably right. I don't don't know what test you're facing. I don't know the vastness of the test that the enemy will put before you. But according to Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus does. He he knows. He knows because he didn't just he wasn't just content to sit up in heaven but he came to earth. He dwelt among us. He put on flesh. He was tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So, so now when God is helping us pass the test, it's not just a disconnected God up in heaven just saying, yeah, go get it. But he's saying, I know. I faced it. I'm with you. I overcame so you can overcome. I know what it is you're going through. Because Jesus faced it, because he conquered it, because of the empty tomb, because of the cross, we now can pass the test because we've got help from heaven. We now can pass the test that we couldn't pass on our own. We now can win battles we couldn't win on our own. We can now overcome battles we couldn't overcome on our own because the one who has beaten the test and passed the test is helping us pass the test. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. I love that he's like he's like hey what you're facing others are facing it too. There's a lie the enemy's telling you you're the only one. Paul's like no, it's common to mankind. You ain't alone. It's probably people in your role that have been through it and know what it is there's definitely people in this church that have been through it uh, it's, it's don't don't be discouraged it's common to mankind other people are in the battle with you and he says this God is faithful He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you're tempted, He will provide a way out so you can endure. Will that just sink into your heart today? You, You can endure. He will provide a way out. There is a path to victory. You can overcome. You can pass the test. You can get up again. You can keep fighting. You can endure. This is, this is the power of the gospel, that you can't overcome and pass the test you couldn't pass before. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're a slave to righteousness. You're, you're no longer a child of wrath. You're a child of God. You no longer are driven by your own flesh. You're driven by the Spirit of God. You're no longer driven by your own ambition. You're driven by the Word of God. So you can overcome. So here's what, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't give the test more power than it's got. Don't give the test and the tester more power than he really has. And I'm not trying to minimize it, but I'm also not trying to puff it up. Don't give it more power than it has. I'll finish with this. I saw a video a while back that I love so much. There was this grandmother and she was trying to solve a problem. The problem was in her neighborhood street, cars were just zooming, going really fast above the speed limit. And so her grandkids and other kids in the neighborhood were playing and she was she was worried for their safety, because of the cars, she did everything in her power. She was out there waving at them, sometimes with less than five fingers. You know, and she was out there. She was out there yelling. She called the county and was trying to get signs put up. She she put her own signs. You know, slow children playing. She she called the county again to see if they put a speed button. I mean, she was doing everything she could out there to to fight for the safety of her grandkids and the kids in the neighborhood. To tell the cars, slow down, slow down. And like nothing she did, she was out of options. Nothing was working. Trying all stuff. So the video shows, one day, kids are out playing and she goes inside. She goes into her house. She goes into the bathroom. She comes out with a hairdryer. And the video shows, she sits at the front of her yard. And when the cars start coming, Another car comes. And what, what's incredible, true story, you can look this side. Every car she points the hairdryer at slams on the brakes. Everybody's slowing down. And I'm watching this video, and I'm looking at her, and I'm just saying it out loud. I say, okay, these cars are slowing down because of an unplugged hair dryer. (laughs) These cars are being affected by something that has no power to actually affect them. These cars are being hindered. The time that they're gonna get to their destination has now been altered (laughs) because of an unplugged hair dryer. I was just thinking about this as I saw the video and I'm like, man, I, this is, if you could just get this in your mind today, this is, this is the power that the enemy has over you because of the cross of Christ, because of the shed blood of Jesus, because of the empty tomb. Like, like what the gospel has done has stripped the enemy of his power. And, and so I, I don't want you to live your life being slowed down by something that's got no power. I, I, I don't want you to live your life. Being affected and altered by something Jesus paid for to conquer. Like, the gospel is good enough to help you overcome. His blood was enough. He knows. He faced it. He beat it. And he can help you. He can provide a way out. And so, look, when you, the, 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 the next test you face, man, I just want you to, in Jesus' name, just, just say, man, that thing's got no power over me. Like, it's caused me to slow down a lot, and I've done a lot of hitting the brakes because of it, but no longer. Jesus can help me overcome, and he's helped me overcome in Jesus' name. And I'm going to speak the scriptures over this test, and I'm going to get church community around me as I'm taking this test to encourage me and hold me up. But but I'm going to pass the test in Jesus' name. I'm going to use my strengths for God's glory, not for my own ambition. I'm going to use my strengths to build the church and build the kingdom, build something that's going to outlast me, not for the pleasure of the world. I'm going, to, I'm going to stay on mission. I want to be right where God has me, right when he has me there. I want to be totally devoted to the mission that God has for me, and I'm not going to allow good things to get me sidetracked. Amen. And I'm going to go after the things of God. I'm going to do them in God's ways. It might take me longer, and the world might think I'm crazy, but I'm not trying to please me. I'm trying to please God. So I'm going after the things of God in the ways of God. I will not get good things in bad ways. You can pass the test in Jesus' name. May God's spirit and God's word and God's people help and equip you and empower you to pass the test in Jesus' name. You believe that today? Would you stand to your feet all over the room today? I want to pray for you. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to give those... In the room today, those at every campus those watching online, maybe you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart, your whole life. Maybe Jesus is not your Lord. You are the leader of your own life right now. And you realize today you can't be the forgiver of your own sins. You can't be the leader of your own life. And today you need to ask Jesus to do that for you. The good news of the gospel is Jesus came to do what you could not do. Jesus is righteousness in your place. And if by faith you believe in him, you can become a child of God. And maybe that's you today. You need to say god i give you my life god i turn from my sin and turn towards you god i surrender my life to you for those of you that need to do that today just pray that in your heart right now god i give you my life god i surrender my life to you i'm no longer in charge you're in charge i'm no longer the leader you're the leader if you pray that today if if your heart is sincere and you mean that today god would delight in saving you god would delight in forgiving you god would delight in leading you into his ways from this day forward if you're praying that today that's it's not the end of your journey this is the beginning and here's what's coming next for you and what's coming next for everybody in this room that follows jesus you're going to have to pass a test you're going to have to pass a test and i want to pray for you today that the spirit of god would help you pass in jesus name father thank you for your word today thank you for the example of jesus Thank you that he came and was perfect. He came and passed the test. Lord, thank you for the example of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would strengthen your people in your church today to pass the test. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray specifically you'd help them stay on mission today. God, I pray you'd help your people in your church stay on mission. God, may we... Be focused into what you're calling us to do today. May we not get sidetracked by other things. God, equip your people to do what it is you're calling them to do. Lord, by your spirit, by your word, by the power you've put in your church, God, help us today to pass the test in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, can you worship with us this morning, church?